We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. My name is Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC, and it's time to preview another Knicks matchup against the Boston Celtics. We haven't seen them in a while after seeing them all the time during the first six weeks of the season. The Knicks come in as of right now at 33 and 22. The Celtics are 43 and 12. We are recording this on Monday of All-Star break, which means so much has happened, including a game for both teams. So obviously we will not be reacting to either game from both teams, but uh, barring something drastic happening, we still are posting a pregame pod to talk about how these teams match up big picture. And I say we, because welcoming back to the next film school pregame show from the, how about them Celtics podcast, Mr. Jack Simone, Jack, welcome back, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's like you said, it's been a while after we talked for, Every week for like four weeks at the start of the season. So yep. I missed you, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And most likely with, with when this episode airs, I'm doing much better because <laughs> of some much re- needed rest and relaxation. Uh, and I have to say, as uh, just from looking from afar, I would assume that you're doing pretty well as well. Um, again, barring injury or something crazy <laughs> happening in the next week, uh, the Celtics being the number one seed, comfortably the number one seed, uh, 43 and 12, the favorite to win the title. And I wrote this down on our rundown. Um, what are you complaining about these days? Like, what <laughs> what is the thing that Celtics fans have the audacity to complain about through 55 games? So I don't know if you know this, Andrew. It might be breaking news. Celtics fans are very picky and entitled sometimes. No. I, I, don't, I don't know if you've heard. Uh, so Jack, obviously- hold on, hold on. <laughs> hate to tell you this. I hate to break this to you, my friend. Oh. That's every sports fan. <laughs> wow. So, of course, there is plenty of things to complain about for anybody who lives in Boston, because if they don't win a title, they haven't won a title yet. And so, of course, nothing can be good. Um, of the things that I've seen, obviously... You know, I host How About Them Celtics with Sam, who is perhaps one of the most negative people I've, I've met in my life, and I love him for it. Uh, it's a good dichotomy. It's, it's not a shot. That's, it's great. It makes for a great show. Um, Celtics have struggled in some close games time to time. You look at their clutch record, you wouldn't know that. They have a very good clutch record. But there have been some times where you look at and say, wish their execution would have been a bit better, wish they would have you know, come through with the results. You look at the Nuggets game, the Thunder game. They lost to the LeBron-less, AD-less Lakers, which is just a stain 
regardless of even if they win the title, people say you couldn't beat the Lakers, like because it's the mm-hmm. Lakers. Like you, you got to beat the Lakers, especially yeah. when LeBron and AD don't play. Um, so people were not too pleased about that. Um, outside of that, I mean, it's been a pretty good season, so there, there isn't too too much. But p- the point is, Celtics fans will find things to be upset about. So it's that. It is if they lose, it's Joe Missoula's fault. It is the defense isn't good enough at this point. It is they spent one possession lollygagging heading into the All-Star break. Um, that was another thing. They were kind of like, we're ready for the break. And you could kind of see it a little bit, even though they beat the Nets by 50 points in their last game before the break. So just just little things here and get in there. But I, I think the general consensus is pretty appreciative of how good the team's been. So I say this. But I started with that question instead of the other first question because I wanted to actually see what you'd tell me. And it's, it's about the same. It's like it, you're, you're quibbling about a team that's 43 and 12. And yeah. I think <laughs> the other part that I, I'm curious about, could this season be going any better for the Celtics in the fact that there's no no major injuries? I know KP has been banged up here and there. I know some other guys have had some nagging stuff, but you still have this unstoppable top five. And then outside of Boston, What's happened to Milwaukee? What's happened to Philadelphia? Like it's it's legitimately a question. Are the Knicks and the Cavs your biggest threats to get out of the East? And I'll ask you later how you feel about those being your threats. Cause this it was this the best case scenario. Like I asked you this on opening night. Like, what's the best case scenario? And this is far beyond any of your imaginations, right? I think my answer to you was I think 58, 59 wins should be the goal. I think 60 might be too hard because of how talented the league is. They're on a 64 win pace right now. Uh, John Corrales, who writes for uh, Boston Sports Journal and hosts Locked On Celtics, he put it out there somewhere. And the Celtics are have a six game lead on the Cavs, and they are at a 64 win pace. If the Cavs wanted to get to 64 wins, they would have to go undefeated for the rest of the season. Like that, that is, that is the level. That is the gap the Celtics have built. They have a six game lead in the Eastern Conference at the break. They're the only team in the NBA at 40 uh, plus wins. Um, They have a four and a half, four game lead, excuse me, on anybody else in the NBA, uh, which is the Timberwolves in two and then the Thunder at three, uh, which is five and a half games behind the Celtics. And then the Cavs are there. Like they are comfortably the best team in the league. And it felt like they haven't been fully trying at times. Like the starting lineup of uh, Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Christoph Rosingas is, I think, 19 and four, which is like a 68 win pace this season. Like they are completely and utterly dominant when they are trying, when they are on. It is close to impossible to beat this team. The only games they have lost, I, I think there have genuinely been five to six of their 12 losses have been because they were truly beaten and they didn't beat themselves, which I'm not going to complain about a team beating themselves in six games out of a 12 losing season. I know my co Sam will, I know some fans will because they expect perfection. Perfection is an impossibility in anything, anything you cannot be perfect unless you are like the closest a team got still lost nine games that year, right? Like, like no one's even come realistically close to being perfect. And so Joe Mazzullo has talked about it a lot. It is natural for players to have an off day for like they're humans, right? They're, of course, there's going to be some days where even though they get paid millions of millions of dollars that all of us would kill to have this job, like they're going to just, you know, not want to be there. They don't want to spend time with their family. They don't want to be doing something else. Like it's, it's going to be natural. And so those losses are the frustrating ones. But when the Celtics lock in, they are the best team in the NBA and it's not close in a year where it feels like the league is more talented than ever. You're 
dynamic with Sam sounds a lot like my <laughs> dynamic with Macri or Jeremy's <laughs> dynamic with Macri that it's like we balance him out. But like uh-huh. you mentioned the imperfections, like yeah, Tibbs obviously has his imperfections, and I think our fan base uh, amplifies them sometimes too much. I yeah. think he's been like a revelation and Same with exactly Joe. what like mm-hmm. exactly what this fan base is needed or really what this franchise is needed for the last let's say 20 years um outside of like a year or two with Mello but like I I recognize his contributions to what the Knicks success has been I also think there are some things I wish he did better and just did differently and it's yeah. okay to acknowledge those imperfections without losing your mind um I do think Looking at the Celtics, and I've been staring at that 60 number, and I like they can you know 17 and 10 the rest of the way. They've lost 12 games this season. So, like I I've I think comfortably they'll exceed 60 wins this year. I do I I am curious about the the chance that they'll coast because like what you just said about like it, it's like it's it's unsure if they've actually been trying. Like, have we seen their best yet? Have they actually been tested to the extent? And like I, I look at the Nuggets last year where they were 30 and 27 over their final 57 games. It was just so clear that mm. two through 11 in the West was just going to fight it out for seeding to the point where like the Kings were the three seed. And like, is there any fear there that like they know that their B plus game or even their B minus effort can get them to 60 wins? So they might coast through these last 27, which is not how you want to go into the playoffs. I don't think it's a fear. I think it's probably going to happen a little bit. Like realistically, it's probably going to happen, but I also don't think it matters that much. Like you just mentioned, the Nuggets had that record through their last 57 and they coasted to a title. Realistically, yeah. they like no one was even close to them. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite that easy for the Celtics. Um, not that the Nuggets had an easy run like that. I, I feel like I need to like, Clarify everything. Not I say here, you know. I will yeah. co-sign. Like they were pretty dominant, and yeah. the, the switch was able to be flipped. I yeah. agree. And so I, I think you could see that Joe Mazzulla has even talked about, which is like just the most hilarious quote. He goes, "Yeah, we have some stuff we might want to test out. So I'll probably look at the schedule and see one of the best games to test stuff and experiment." Which is just like we're better than you. We're going to pick the teams. We f- feel like we can mess around against, which is just awesome. <laughs> like it's just super funny that they're in that. Position. You guys are playing preseason <laughs> games in the regular it's season. Nuts. It's nuts. insane. And so I-, I think there will be a level of coasting. I do think they might come out of the all-star break firing. And if they lose, then I'm going to look really dumb, especially because this is going up after they've already played a game. Um, Cause they do have a really, tough stretch, I think, coming out of the All-Star break relative to some of the rest of their season. Um, yeah, they got Chicago, New York, Philly, Dallas, Golden State, Cleveland, Denver, Phoenix. So they've, they've got a bit like of a gauntlet coming out. But then after that, the Celtics have the easiest schedule left in the NBA for a reason. After that, Utah, then they go to Phoenix, but then Washington, Detroit, Milwaukee, Detroit, Chicago, Atlanta, Atlanta, New Orleans, Charlotte. Like they, They've got a little bit of a, we could probably coast if we want to stretch. And so it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if they lose a couple of these. You're so clearly better than that team. How are you losing at games? The fan base will panic for a day and then it'll go back to normal because the Celtics have lost back-to-back games one time this year, which is also nuts. Um, but I, I think you definitely see a little bit, but I don't necessarily think it's something to worry about because as much as you might not have seen it in years past because of the way post seasons have ended, especially last year, I think left a lot of pe- bad, uh, left a bad taste in people's mouth. This team has, a, it, it is completely different than any other Celtics team we've seen. And I truly believe that they will be able to just lock in when the playoffs come around. Yeah. I, I, especially the playoffs 
experience of it all. Like even the two, Chris stops being the one wild card because he doesn't have a ton of late playoff experience, but like Drew Holiday has been in the finals and everybody else in this rotation was part of the team that either went to the conference finals last year, or the finals of the year before. So my bet would be on them to be able to just pick up the pace or, or just really turn it on once it matters. I'm going to jump ahead because it feels appropriate to just ask you who you're afraid of as you're telling me that they're not trying and literally just fucking around for two thirds of the season. <laughs> but, um, so then a lot's been made of the Knicks moves and mm-hmm. OG and Anobi and what they look like in January. And, you know, I, I, I listened to some of the nonsense on the national shows that, especially the ones that are complimentary about my basketball team to say that they're <laughs> the biggest threat to the Celtics. So if you had to rank the next five of teams mm-hmm. you're afraid of now, I say afraid of like with a grain of salt, cause they're again, I'm just reading your, your reaction and your mood at the moment and your vibes at the moment, Jack doesn't sound like you're afraid of anybody, but if you had to put in order, like, in your opinion, the biggest threats to the Celtics in, in from one through five, basically from two through six, who would they be? Yeah. So Sam and I did this on the podcast recently. And I, I think the important, like you just mentioned, like maybe not afraid of anybody. I think the true, and this isn't part of the list, but like the biggest threat to the Celtics is the Celtics. Like they are the biggest threat to themselves. And I truly mm. believe that. Um, like so the Celtics one. Okay. I think they get Got their it. own way. But realistically, one through five, <laughs> we did this. I still put, the box at one because Giannis like just period just because Giannis Giannis is ridiculous he's obscene he's one of the best players in the world and so I wanted to respect it and so counterpoint like, yes. Doc Rivers fair counterpoint <laughs> other, other counterpoint Damian Lillard who's he get a guard because the Celtics have five all-stars and and so I think that's a valid point I did have the Knicks at two I put the Knicks there um because I think they're most well-equipped to guard the Celtics effectively. I think they have the best defensive pieces, one through five, to stand up to the Celtics. Um, obviously, Brunson's smaller, and so if the Celtics attack anybody, it'll probably be him, but even he's like pretty strong. Like It's not like he's horrendous on defense. It's just he's small, and that's like it's just what happens. Um, but like, it's apples and oranges to like Dame. Like, Dame's yeah. a traffic code. What do you like? <laughs> you know, dude, Derek White's going to run laps around him and point and laugh in his face while he's I doing think it. Like we, that I think we made this this joke the last time. Like Brunson's a bit of a traffic cone too. It's just got cement or Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, That's exactly. you're gonna actually get hurt if you try to run over that yeah. traffic cone, you know? Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So I had the Knicks at two because of that. And I, I think the additions of OG as a defender for the Jays and Bogdanovich as another offensive weapon to spread the Celtics out on defense, it like makes a big difference. And so I think that's why they are two and maybe one by the end of the season, depending on if uh, it, it just feels like you have to have some sort of blind hope with Giannis, but it's nothing we've seen this season is really uh, given you reason for that. It's just. Can I ask Giannis. you something? Yeah. Do we overrate Giannis's postseason resume? Like, like won a title, right? The, mm. They got past the Hawks without him. Like he didn't play those last two games of that two two and a half games of that series. Had an outstanding series against the Suns. Like won the Finals MVP, rightfully so. Right. But like even that Suns team was kind of flawed because the three teams that they beat to get to the finals, Kawhi got hurt, Jamal Murray got hurt, AD got hurt. Mm-hmm. So like as much as like I, I respect Giannis for what he is during the regular season and one of the greatest players the sport has right now. But like like not to just to fully have the conversation about him as like you got to respect him come playoff time. Like do we have to respect him come playoff time? <laughs> I don't know if it's even Giannis in the playoffs more as 
he's going to get a whistle. He's just going to run through your team. And so I feel like that the Celtics biggest thing, which hasn't happened a lot because they've been pretty good, obviously, uh, is they've struggled with physicality at times. Like early on in the Timberwolves game, they clogged up the lane and kind of hurt the Celtics. The Thunder did a very good job of scrapping and like playing physical. So if anybody's going to do that, it's Giannis. Um, and Giannis played him very, played the Celtics, excuse me, very well in a playoff series a couple of years ago. And so I think his fans will have flashbacks of offensive foul versus, you know, charge. Like hey, he's just going to run through you. Like he's mm-hmm. just play football, which this isn't me bashing Giannis, but like he just plays football and it works. And that's how he plays. And so I think that's the part of it. That said, like you mentioned, he did win that title, but past that, probably not the most amazing playoff resume. I think the same thing can be said for the Knicks, they've made it second round, but like maybe not that. And the reason Fair. my number three team is what it is. No Celtics fan wants to play the heat. I don't, I don't care. I don't care where they are. No Celtics fan wants to play the heat ever. Not once, not last year, not this year, not next year, not ever. And so they are three above every other team. <laughs> I need Sean Hardy and Mensa Smith and XJ. <laughs> All our casuals here at Knicks Club School, which is a different connotation. Like it's not a negative thing to call people casuals yeah. here. Yeah. Man, I need them to hear you when you say the heat because John and I still have PTSD from last year. They're still the boogeyman to me. Like oh, when they were when they were during this winning streak in January, right? I was like, listen, the Nuggets game, I think they could handle the Nuggets, the defending champs. The Miami <laughs> game on Saturday is what I'm afraid of. And they like ran over the heat. Like they won by 20. Like what's funny is they beat the Celtics just beat Nug- them by 50. Like right. it doesn't and matter. We're still like, eh, all right, hold on. They they may be coming around. Like they beat the Nuggets by almost 40 points. I was still afraid of the heat on Saturday. And you want to know why my fears were justified, even though the Knicks won by 20? Julius Randle got hurt in that game, hasn't played since. I don't know. I don't see Porzingis got hurt when they won by 50. I don't know that the Ananobi injury happened against the Heat. But he hasn't played since the Heat, so I think something happened in that Heat game that contributed to why I have his Hero Giannobi since. So, and they have the the second, the third easiest schedule remaining. Yeah. So even then, I'm like, all right. So they go twenty and seven the rest of the way. It's a fifty win team. They're, here they come. Is is where I am. So I'm right there with you. With your, they are the Thanos. Are they are our Thanos. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> empathizing and understanding my PTSD. I appreciate it. They are inevitable. I think both the Celtics and the Knicks are better basketball teams than the heat, but that doesn't matter because they're the heat. It just doesn't matter. Yep. And it never, it's never mattered. Unfortunately, the Celtics and heat have met in the Eastern conference finals in three of the past four seasons. I believe the Celtics had the better roster every single time. And they lost two of those Eastern conference finals. Yep. <laughs> what? What yep. the hell? What and we we're Jimmy shot away from right. Like, we're losing we're another losing again. Yeah. And like, so the pod <laughs> I just did the Sixers pre pregame pod with Daniel Olinger, 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 excuse me. Um, we were talking about the heat and how like people like, yeah, but they're not good this year. So he, he was like, they weren't good for 83 games last yeah. year. <laughs> and then I, I added the addendum. They weren't good for 83 games and three and a half quarters. Like they were, a Max Struess heat check and a couple of competent Bulls possessions away from not even making the playoffs last year. Oh my God. And then so. they went to the fucking finals. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It makes no sense. The heat. And I don't think any Celtics will ever get over last year's fi- uh, conference finals. For, Cause for as bad as the Celtics played in the conference finals last year, Caleb Martin, are you kidding? Really? Mm-hmm. And yep. I, like, you can empathize that. Like, that's just not going to happen. Like that just doesn't happen. That's not a real thing. That's not a sustainable thing. But it's the heat, so it is a sustainable thing. So it's just the heater three. 
And for all intents and purposes, I think if you ask any single Celtics, so I, I tried to be realistic, like this team is like for what it's worth, any single Celtics fan you ask will say, I would rather play the Bucks or the Knicks in a series in the heat. Just because, just because it's the heat. Um, but I put them at three. After that, it kind of gets lost. And all mm. due respect to the Cavs, you have two guards, six one and below, you're gonna get killed. I'm like that, like this Celtics team is too good for you to have two relative defensive liabilities on the floor for an entire playoff series. I just don't think they will be able to keep up. I think the Cavs' best chance, ironically enough, to beat the Celtics is maybe if you hit the glass hard because you have two big men, but you just lost a series last year because you couldn't hit the glass hard, as you know very well. So, like, that doesn't worry me too, too much. And so, four for me, <laughs> and I started this by clarifying, I just don't think anybody's on the same level. Anyways, Pacers. Nobody's mm. beat the Celtics more this year than the Pacers. They beat the Celtics twice, which is more than any other team in the NBA. I don't think they'd beat the Celtics in a seven-game series because they don't play defense, but the Celtics will be exhausted after that series because they will be running every single game. So I think for the pure sake of they're going to be super tired, it's the Pacers, and then I put the Cavs at five because they're still the Cavs and they're a good team. So that, that's, that's the order. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we went through the order and spent some time on the heat. Yeah. Necessarily so. Of Knicks course. Fans. Okay. And this is all respect to the heat, by the way. Like, oh, of it's course. insane what you do. They're nasty. Like, what do you want? Like, <laughs> Dude, I, I was texting Giancarlo, our buddy over at the Miami Heat beat, like, and he thinks we're nuts. Like, he's just, oh, they're not that good this year. Like, good. Like, <laughs> dude, they weren't this good last year. You're not going to trick me into this. You're just not. Okay. Um, I asked you, I asked you, you're five. Now I'm going to re-ask you a question I asked on opening night when obviously the Knicks and Celtics played. What does a disappointing season look like for the Celtics? Now your answer was they have to make the finals. The fact that you're playing preseason games might be a 60 win team and will probably have home court throughout. Has it changed to like if it's title or or disappointment? Like if they even lose in the finals, it's a disappointment now. I'm going to exaggerate a little bit here. If they get to the finals game seven and lose on a game winning shot, it's a disappointment. You have to win. Wow. You have mm. to, like, you can't not win right now. Like, and obviously that's an exaggeration. That would be really hard to be disappointed about, even though every Celtics fan would be. They'd point I, out think they'd find a way. <laughs> yes. I think you'd find but a way. Yes. <laughs> if they don't win a championship this season, it's a failure. It just is. You're this good. There's this much expectations. And obviously, Joe and, and the team have done a phenomenal job at saying, 
expectations. We don't want them. We're just going to play day to day. They like they put the blinders on. They're focusing on just the game ahead of them. It has been so impressive to watch, especially in a market like Boston, as I'm sure you can relate to. It's been awesome. If they don't win a title, the season's a failure. And it's tough to say it that way. They're far and away the best team in the NBA. You can see it on a night to night basis that when they are locked in, nobody is competing with them. You you got to do it. You got to win. They have the best possible chance. They have the best team. They have an, an all star starting five. They have Al Horford coming off the bench. Are you kidding? Like like, get there, do it, and make it so nobody else can say anything anymore. Because I don't want to talk about it. I think. Look, I think as of right now, the Celtics would be my pick to make the finals. I think I would pick them against Denver. Denver's good. Denver's really good. Can I, can I be honest? There's a Clipper wild card that I just like don't know how to how to quantify because there's like absurdly good since they just decided they weren't going to lose anymore. And yeah, like the wild card isn't even ability. It's it's health. Like can Kawhi and Paul George hold up for four rounds? And if it's why like, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't mean to be disrespectful about this, but like, I'm wondering if I should be considering them the favorite and like, should I, should I bet appropriately in, in that sense? <laughs> like look at if I can get good odds on them to win the title, but like that, I, that I think would be my finals pick at the moment is Clippers against the Celtics. And then I have, I just have no idea what that looks like. I probably think the Celtics would be favored in that series, but just anytime I've watched the Clippers, it's like, Oh, you just like Norm Powell, the Celtics. They well, so the they they killed yeah. the Celtics, right? Like even though the the Warriors game where where Clay eventually like the the last time Clay Thompson started for the Warriors, right? Like mm-hmm. you're watching that, and like Draymond has his altercation, and then you have like Norm Powell heat check, like he's your fourth person you're worried about on that team, and I. I almost wonder if it's underrated that they were able to keep Terrence Mann too. Like everything about that team is is just like uncertain to me as far as like, do I know what this ceiling is? Are they are they just a good team that can make the conference finals, or should I be like, oh, this is this should also be a we should mention them in the same conversation as the Celtics? What do you make of that? They're very good. Um, obviously, they killed the Celtics when they last played the, the, the weird part about that game though, I will say is Celtics actually played phenomenal defense on the Clippers, like through the first quarter and a half, maybe first half, the Clippers were shooting like 43, 25 from the field. Like they were playing great defense against a team that was <clears throat> far and away the league's best offense for the past two months. The Celtics just didn't have their own shot going. And like, so it, <clears throat> excuse me, it ended up crumbling. Um, and then they just like the, like go oh, they're open the second half. Like it just fell apart. Um, so that wasn't as much of a, completely horrendous disaster game as I think a lot of people make it out to be Um, because they showed they can compete. They also didn't have Porzingis in that game. So like Mm. I'd say that's a pretty big impact. The the Clippers didn't have Zubac either. So if you want to compare the two, whatever. Um, I don't think they try to guard Porzingis (laughs) with Zubac though. I think that's the other part is they can match the offensive ceiling by going five out, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. And you mentioned, I mean, like Norm Powell being their fourth option is really good. Like that's probably Derek White on the Celtics, which is... Mm -hmm. Uh, better and then the Celtics' fifth option being Drew Holiday is just like 2K cheat code. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I'd still pick Denver to take them. Just really, of okay. I think I'd take Denver to p- beat the Clippers. I just for as good as the Celtics are, for as good as the Clippers are, after what we saw from Jokic in the postseason last year, I struggle to envision 
him losing is that weird? you know what i'm saying like i who how do you beat that <laughs> so can i zag <laughs> you yeah can please? i zag so like are we sure their toughest opponent in the playoffs last year wasn't the timberwolves i know i just went full bill simmons with the, are we sure <laughs> right but like they played the the suns who had like like four rotation playoff players and Aiton on his way. Like Aiton was getting benched by the end of that yeah. series. Chris Paul wasn't playing by the end of that series. Um, and then the Lakers, I, I thought the Lakers were really good. I've kind of overrated that sweep, but like for me to be like, that was the closest sweep in NBA history. Like, no, they got swept. Like that was probably, that was a that's seven seed that made the conference finals and got swept. <laughs> that's what you people know? said about Celtics nets too. When they had Katie Kyrie, like guys, right. They like they got swept. Like, <laughs> they got swept. Like, at the end of the day, like yeah, the game one and two were close. I'll give you that, but they got swept. And then like the finals, the heat stopped shooting free throw percentages from three, you know, shout out to, to Sean with a W who makes that point. Like, I just wonder if, and this is where I think the rest of the season, like the seeding actually is going to matter for me. If you have to go to Denver for games one and two, which I thought just gave them such an advantage, then that's different. If I can't believe I'm saying this about the Clippers, who I don't know how much of a home court advantage they have, but like <laughs> Clippers games do seem kind of lit. Like yeah. if games one and two are in LA and then you go to Denver, does that change the calculate? I don't know. I think... I think Denver's been like a step down. Maybe they're like, they know what the grind of a playoff series is and they can turn it on, but the, it's really just one playoff se- playoff performance that I've seen from them actually finish the job. And like, I think their hardest opponent might've been their first one. So that's, that's my, my zag on it. I, I think yeah. those are the three teams though. I do agree with you. It's those three teams would be the teams I could see winning a title this year. If that's, fair. I think those are the favorites. I don't know. It's tough. That, that, I, I'm going to watch, like love to watch that series though. If it happens, mm-hmm. hopefully when it happens, Nuggets, Clippers, like those two, those two teams are nasty. I, I really just want Kawhi healthy for the whole run, man. Me he's too. so good when he's healthy. He is top three, five players in the world. Like he's, he's Jokic. He, he when he was healthy, he was, what are you going to do? Sorry. Sorry. I'm just going to make the shot no matter what. So that, yeah, I, I totally am on board with the Clippers being like, talk about them more. Cause they're nasty. Yeah. yeah. So well, speaking of a, a team that may potentially be nasty, we didn't mention the second East team, but my team is in the East and a lot of the pundits seem to think they're really good. Uh, your thoughts on the Knicks and watching them from afar. So the last time the Knicks and Celtics played, uh, it was Quentin Grimes' first game, not in the starting five. Mitchell Robinson got hurt in that game and hasn't played since. Uh, yeah. We were still quibbling over why Tibbs won't use quickly more and RJ Barrett and how his inefficiency is slowly starting to die down. Uh, team's different now, in case you missed it, Jack. So <laughs> just your thoughts on like, and you're just your perspective and maybe even your questions about what the Knicks have done over the last month and a half. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, they, they're just a really good basketball team. We have, I think I said this last time I was here, we have a, a chatter uh, in our stream named Andrew, who is a super big Knicks fan. And he always comes to talk about the Knicks. And so we've had to make a banner on during our live streams to put at the top that says, not a Knicks podcast. Just to say, sorry, Andrew. Like, <laughs> we're talking about the Celtics, brother. Um, you found my burner is what you're saying. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they're, they're awesome. Like, I that video of Jalen Brunson after he got the All-Star nod, like I watched it, I'm like, man, like, come on. How, like, how do you not root for that guy? I love Jalen Brunson. He's, mm. and I can imagine how much New York loves Jalen Brunson. That guy is, oh, like, did you, my question, 
you knew he was good last year. Did you know he was this? Did you have any idea he was going to be like genuinely probably going to finish like top 10 top MVP? <laughs> like, um, I got to be honest, the the people we talked to around the Knicks thought he was so okay. like thought there was another offensive ceiling to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't think it was going to be this. I'll say this. I didn't think that there was going to be like a top. Like a, like a second team All NBA conversation for him. I thought yeah. like their best chance was to, I thought like I have nothing. We always had the conversation about the Knicks. Like oh, they got to go trade for the guy. We got the second guy, and like that's what the the stupid Becky. I'm not calling Becky Hammond stupid. The conversation yeah. they keep oh. having with people that are intelligent and make him have unintelligent conversations is stupid. Like is he a one A or can he be a two B? Or it's like how about he's just a really good basketball player? How about let's <laughs> ask the like the the WNBA yeah. champion head coach about like what makes him great and how are the Knicks using him? Anyway, rant over. I thought there was like potential for him to be like one of the best guys on your on your team, and then you go and get a second guy, right? Yeah. I'm now at the point of like, so what if that second guy is just like a really good shooter and like can <laughs> spread the floor so you give him more room to operate? His footwork is the best I've seen, like. Like Mello had good footwork, but it was just to create like more more room for yeah. a jump shot. Brunson's footwork gets him closer to the rim somehow, and it's just Dude. his work in the paint is like Hakeem level good. So I'm I didn't think it was going to be this, but I'm as you said, I'm, I'm very happy that it is. And I did yeah. I did think he unlocked something in the playoffs against the Heat, but obviously you have to carry it over to the next year, which he clearly has. So, yeah, this is an imperfect comparison, but uh, this is green glasses talking here and I'm going to use your cement metaphor. He's like Isaiah Thomas, if he was built like cement. And that's yes. like, I mean that with the highest praise because Isaiah, like Isaiah Thomas, Boston was that dude. Like he mm-hmm. took over the city. Um, he's like, it's just so crazy. Like it's just run a pick and roll for Jalen Brunson score. There you go. That is yep. the offense. Have fun. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> Figure it out. Stop them. Um, so that's awesome. Sam's I'm just going to fire some questions at you if that's all right. Okay, let's let's have it. Sam still hates Julius Randle. Of course. And I I try to say Sam he's been a lot better after his putrid start to the season. How much better is Julius Randle been? Oh, night and day. Okay. That all-star yes. that all-star <laughs> nod was was justified. Honestly, yes. okay. when they made the trade, he was their best player. Like that like as wow. weird as that sounds, like he was playing like their best player when they made the trade. The Ananobi of it all um, made Brunson go to a new tier, and which is yeah. why I think like the, the game you saw where he scored 40 points and then got choked up talking about like his all-star nod and the comeback against the, the, the Pacers. It just made us appreciate like what Brunson could do. But what Julius was doing, the way he was creating looks for other guys, like the way the Knicks manufacture open looks for three is Julius Randle double teams and him processing like one second faster than he used to on the double team. Um, yeah, I, I think he was, he was outstanding. I, I, I kind of agree with Sam. Not, I don't hate Julius Randle. I love Julius Randle. <laughs> I think he's the question. Like yeah, this team ceiling will be if Julius Randle is a pumpkin in the playoffs again. And if he <laughs> shows up healthy and is playing well, I think we're, Destined to do some conference finals uh, pods, uh, Jack and Ooh. and Sam, for that matter. I yeah, I agree that Julius Randle's the wild card. Yeah, I I think he definitely is. Um, 
I haven't watched obviously as many Knicks games as I have Celtics game. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, how I know it was a very small sample size. How good has, from your perspective, the fit of the newbies been? Like, like is do you have <laughs> a favorite like stuff like that? Obviously, like OG, I've seen a little bit more of him because he's been there longer. But like Bogdanovich, as just, I mean, we're talking about you know Norm Powell is the fourth option there. We're talking about Derek White, like Bogdanovich is like a twenty point scorer who is now mm-hmm. your. Is he third option? Do you count him as your third offensive option? Yeah, I mean, he might be our like fifth offensive option at this okay, point. Okay, yeah. So yeah. there you go. So I, I mean, think nightmare from where you guys were. There was a fear when they made the trade for Ananobi yeah. that the the bench just like has no offensive punch, right? Like the stat I kept throwing around when we were discussing trade deadline options was that they in the bench minutes, um, they were or bench possessions, I should say. They were the 100th percentile in defense and the 0th percentile in offense. So, like, they were losing the bench minutes, but like three to two, you know? <laughs> so it's like they hadn't settled on like who's going to take the RJ role, like, because it was RJ plus the bench. Nobody had really emerged to be quickly. And ironically, right before he went out, like Ananobi had kind of developed into this. All right, I'll play with the bench. Tibbs added a second rotation for him that he would leave midway through the second and fourth quarter. So he wasn't playing 40 minutes anymore. And it was like, oh, okay, this works. Like he doesn't have to play the entire second and fourth quarter, right? You shouldn't run him. Yeah. Well, like he was, that's the thing. And then suddenly (laughs) it was like, oh, like that's, that's an adjustment that you made. You're, you're going to, you're going to play Josh Hart at the three. I'll take this. <laughs> I, I can, I will be okay with this. And then of course he went out. Um, so there is a, there is a curiosity with me. Like, did they, did they panic because, because of what they became after the Randall and OG injuries, they're just like so shorthanded and like the guys were playing like that Laker game on prime time where Brunson's playing 45 minutes and the entire second half, they've got like five guys playing 38 or more. Um, it just wasn't sustainable. And they made this trade just to we have like respectable NBA rotation guys. Um it it's like way too early. Like it's been four games with Bogdanovich and Burke and Burks. Um I am very high on what the ceiling could be when they're playing next to OG or Josh Hart or in the roles that they were brought here to be in the end. Uh we're like just trying to tread water and be around a four or five seed until they come back. And then, you know, cause that's the thing. Like I, and this, again, we're recording this Monday, who knows what they are on Saturday and who knows how they looked against the Sixers. Right. But like the early returns are like, Oh, you're not Quentin Grimes on defense, you know? And if you're not scoring, then, you know, this is, this is less than ideal, but I'm like, I think Bogdanovich, there'll be games. He closes, there may be some DMPs in the playoffs for Alec Burks based off what we've seen. So that, yeah. that would be my long answer to be like, it's the, there's a, a product at the end of when everybody gets healthy that I want to see before I make yeah. an evaluation, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. All right. I have one more quick question in one comment and then. I'll, yeah, I'll of course. So the first one, it came out after like it's January 14th. I'm looking at, it, I found the aggregation on Twitter. Uh, it said <laughs> a Knicks team source said they finally got rid of all the quote softies. Oh, God. Uh, and it was talking yeah. about top and ferret and quickly. Is that a real thing? Like, is that something Knicks fans felt or is this just something like the media decided to spin up as like, Oh, look at, they're gone now. Look at, they're good. Like, what are we doing? So uh, we actually haven't like discussed this on a pod. <laughs> Like that's how much we disregard. Though, right? Like this is okay. Yeah. Oh, we saw it. Believe me. Yeah, and I, yeah. 
I respectfully, because I know that reporter and I know, I know he's a veteran. I thought it was irresponsible to run a quote like that. I thought, I thought it was actually very disrespectful to what quickly and what topping and what, uh, Barrett were to the Knicks over those years. Um, I think referring to any grown man as a softy is just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wasn't a fan of it. And I also like, it's one, it could have been like one trainer that wasn't a fan of said, like a player that it's like, Oh, we got rid of the softies. Um, what I will say, because like Knicks fans were like, uh, these were three fan favorites that got traded. So Knicks fans in general were like, fuck that quote, right? Mm-hmm. What I will say is what I have heard about the locker room is that this is like one of the closest tight-knit locker rooms that they've had since the trade and how everybody's just like falling into place. We're like, all right, this is your role. This is what you're going to do. We're playing for for the team. And this is like not a bad thing if you're like RJ Barrett and trying to build a name for yourself or Manuel quickly and playing for your next contract. And the guys they have now are more focused on like, let's try and win a championship. And that's like the only goal at my, again, it's, it's not like a bad thing. Cause if you're trying to do both, like, like quick was doing, but you know, I, I have heard how really close and, and tight knit the locker room is since the trades. So forever, I don't think it means anybody that left is soft. I just think they've just yeah. found a really good fit for what they have in, in place right now. Yeah. I was just curious because that was, that was weird for me to see, but I, the I point hated you that made, comment. That's the thing. I hated it's very that comment. Weird. So. It's super weird. Yeah. Um, the point you made was actually what I wanted to bring up. Cause I, I think a big part of the Celtics and what makes them so good this year is because they are so like, I mean, Jalen Brown and Porzingis live in the same building and they're just like best friends now, which they is carpool together, right? It's yeah. so sick. Yeah, it's so fun. Um, Tatum and Derek White wore headbands on the last game before the Oscar break because they're just Tatum was just like, yeah, I want to wear headband. Do what it goes. Yeah, we're headband with you. Why not? Let's do it. Joe Mazzula is calling them Spider-Man like, just because <laughs> Andrew, they're playing a game with us. There was four, three pressers in a row where they all said the same word. Like one day it was for all the dogs. Like Joe Mazzula said it. Horford said it. Tatum said it. The next day they all said, pass the pill. They're fucking with us. They're just like, they're just, they're messing around. And the vibes are like so good. Um, Like they're just messing around at the press conferences. They, they all said Spider-Man and Tatum wasn't even slick about it. Like Mazzula said like, yeah, we're, you, you ever seen the movie Spider-Man? We're all like that. That's the team, like the Spider-Verse. Like they're all different Spider-Man doing things. We're like, yeah, cool. Fine metaphor. Jalen Brown was asked about Joe Mazzula saying it. And so he got to say, oh, he said Spider-Man. Oh, then Tatum goes, what Joe say to you after the third quarter? He goes, yeah, he said we had to be like Spider-Man waving our arms around on defense. Like, okay, you're just so clearly messing with us, <laughs> dude. Like, come, like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, but like the vibes are so good. And then you look at the Knicks and you got two of them starting a podcast. They're called the best friends pod. You've got the whole like Villanova thing. Like, I, I truly think there is a serious, important factor of these. This team is like even if not friends, like really close, really tight knit, really like chemistry is amazing. And I think in terms of that in the Easter conference, it's Celtics Knicks and then the rest. So, you know, that heat game I was telling you about where they, they extinguished the beast, but then Randall got yeah. hurt. That was the sixth of a six game winning streak. Mm-hmm. And the first, those three games that week, that was like the, the three to start it were three, like, Tibbs, you could argue, overused some players to, to get to those first three wins. And that's why I said he added the rotation of like, okay, now you're, this is a much more reasonable rotation. You're trusting your guys more. OG's getting more comfortable playing with the bench. 
And those three games were Brooklyn, where they played like ass for three quarters and Mikael Bridges hit like seven threes. And they came back and won and Knicks fans took over the building and it was hilarious to see. And like that was the fifth, the fourth straight win. The second one, they beat the, the Nuggets by like 50. And I'm not even exaggerating. I think it was like 38. Like that's how much they demolished the defending champs. And then they beat the Heat. And you want to talk about vibes. That's the the highest I had seen the vibes go to since the Cavs series last year. And that's like, yeah. so for me to be like regular season success elevated to like the first time they've made the second round since 2013, that I, that I, I, I hear you. And I think that's where Knicks fans are right now. It's like, that was awesome. Can we get back to that? Because mm-hmm. even like the next three days, next three games, we're like, okay, we're kind of playing with fire with how much we're going to have to depend and stretch. Like that's the thing like, I empathize with Tibbs where it's like, I get it. Like I, I shouldn't be playing these guys that many minutes, but I also don't want to like punt games, you know? So like I, I empathize with it. I just wonder if some longer term goals yeah. should be factored in, in, in the calculation. So hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah. I will also say as a fan of a uh, 20 plus point score bets on FanDuel, love Dante DiVincenzo. He's yeah. Fan. He's been insane. He's been. He's Clay Thompson now. He's Clay Thompson now. He's taking 14 threes a game and the percentage stayed up. Like, insane. Nobody gets it. Nobody gets it. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He took the Monstars ball when he left Golden State. (laughs) And now he, like, Clay now went to the bench and, you know, maybe he got it back. But it's Mm. it's almost more like Thunderstruck, that KD movie where the teenager takes his powers and KD turns into, like, what Julius Randle was at the beginning of this season. Um, Anyway. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I've done the Mount Rushmore arrivals with you in the past, mm-hmm. and I want—I don't want to repeat that segment. So on the other side of the break, I'm going to ask your five-man. It's a final five is what I'm going to do. So your five-man personal MVP ballot as of now is what? Okay. <sighs> That's tough. Um, I think one is SGA. And it's not just because I have a future on him. Uh, I do think <laughs> it's SGA. I just... If you want to combine narrative, if you want to combine how good they've been, if you want to combine team success, no one thought the Thunder would be this good. He is so, so clearly the best player on that team. An efficient 30-point X on playing both sides of the ball. I think he wins the narrative vote. I think he wins because of voter fatigue against Jokic, who is my number two. Because, I mean... Is it bad to say that Jokic is just fucking boring at this point? Like it's huh. it's, it's boring dominance. He's just so good and so good. Like it's it makes it hard to vote for him. Which is I know you can't include that, but it's gonna happen. Like that's what happens. Um, <clears throat> I put Tatum at three. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think he's been disrespected in some MVP conversations. I, I think there is a point of maybe his stats aren't quite as good, and yes, he has a good team, but there comes a point where you have the best team versus you have a six game lead in the Eastern conference. Like they don't have the best team. They have like far and away the best team and he is the best player on that team. And so I think he deserves some love. I don't think he'll win it, but I think he deserves some love. And then it gets hard (laughs) and then it gets hard to choose the rest for me. I think you've got to throw 
I think you have to throw Giannis in there somewhere because of how good he's been. I think Luca also deserves to be in there somewhere. So may, I think that might be my four or five, but then like, obviously I think Brunson is up there somewhere in the conversation. I, I think you have to account for like ant, but like their defense Ka- has been leading the way. It's just Kawhi's the big one. Kawhi's Kawhi, the big Kawhi, yeah. you know, <clears throat> it's just hard for me because I, I think for as dominant as Kawhi has been, like, is it weird to say that I think James Harden is the most important piece on that team? Might be most so to valuable. It's it's funny, like, yeah. is that conversation? I think I I, I, can't, I don't have a control sample to be like, well, here's what they'd look like without Kawhi and just with Harden <laughs> yeah. and just with with Paul George. I think Kawhi's been been outstanding. But if you wanted to like in the tiebreakers, it'd be like, well, you have James Harden and Paul George. Who have been and, and that's, healthy this year? That's what's happened to Tatum. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the same thing. Like you've had Jalen Brown and Porzingis in a you know team of all stars. Um, so I think that'd probably be where I landed. It'd be tough to leave Kawhi out of it, but I, I'd probably go SGA, Jokic, Tatum, Giannis, Luca, and then Kawhi and Brunson on that like just right there. So you know it's funny that I also have SGA as my one, mm-hmm. um, and like the advanced metrics love SGA a tad better like EPM he's a full like point and a half better than than Jokic at the moment I then go to I then go to on off and I'm like yeah well SGA is a plus nine on the air they're nine points better per 100 possessions when he's on the court then I go to Jokic and it's like oh he's plus 20 okay <laughs> that point Jokic now it's that's back the other direction you know nuts he's, I he's, can't believe what I'm saying I think whoever wins like the, the, if either team gets the one seed, that that's the is going to get it for me. Yeah, it's you know? there. It's boring dominance, but probably should be the MVP versus fresh new face with an equally good case. I, yeah. I think at this point, so I, it, it's I would the agree. One too. Yeah, yeah. I think Jokic is going to win it. By the way, I think I would pick SGA, but I think <laughs> yeah. Jokic is going to win it. And for all the Sixers fans crying. Sorry. Like, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> as between you and them, my friend. Um, thank you, Jack, as always, for, for joining me uh, on, on this pod. Before you get out of here, please let the fine folks at home know where they can find you and all of your stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Twitter at JacksonMoneNBA. Podcast is How About Them Celtics on YouTube. We're on Spotify, Apple, all the good stuff like that. Uh, and then you can read all my written work at Celtics blog. I've been covering all the games this year, putting in some good work there. So I'd appreciate it. And thank you, Andrew, for having me once again. It's always a good time. Of course, and I buttered you up with one last final question to prepare you for one last final question. Uh-huh. Um, are you prepared for the next decade when Pat Mahomes decides to make this this guy from guy from uh, from Michigan irrelevant in the quarterback conversation? You can talk to me when he's even halfway to the same number of rings <laughs> as Mr. Brady. All right. Uh-huh. We can have this convo when he is halfway. Right. He is Am I allowed to, so is it allowed to be two different conversations at least? He is two. That Brady well, no, like Brady's the goat. Like I I'm yeah. not I haven't approached that yet. He's like okay. you said, he's got to accomplish more. Yes. I have two different conversations when evaluating this. There's the greatest of all time, the goat. And the best of all time, the boat, because boat, I can at least go by like objectively, who do I think is better at the position? And I don't think I don't think I've ever seen anybody better at the position than Pat Mahomes. That's just me personally. I, I think Pat Mahomes. With his ability to scramble and like make plays, 
Like Brady wasn't doing that. I'll admit that. Like that, that is insane and respect mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes. And I, I can talk like this because I've never been a huge football guy. Just like it's Tom Brady. Come on. Uh, and I'm from Boston. Like I have to, um, but I can like be more objective than most. And like, that is not what he's doing. But in terms of controlling a game, like we talk about Pat Mahomes as like last two minutes or like, that's the guy that is Tom Brady. He he is. You cannot give him, you can't give him 15 seconds. He's winning that game. Like he, he is. So for as, as, Jack, they literally gave Pat Mahomes 15 seconds and he came back. I know, no, game against he's amazing as it too. He's amazing as it too. I'm absolutely like not discrediting it, but like he is the best at it now. Tom Brady's the standard. Like Tom Brady is the gold standard at doing that and, and his ability to to find the passes and, and make the right reads. And like it, it feels obscene to say Tom Brady's the better quarterback, but Mahomes is the better player because that just seems wrong. But like, I don't know. There's just something about it. And like seven rings, obviously, but I, I hate ring culture, but I just have to because it's Tom Brady. But it's such uh, a, you know, what's, you know, what's crazy about the rings conversation though? Like mm. three used to be a lot. Like yes. it was Montana and Brady for the longest time. And now, and now he's Mahomes. got yeah, I know. And now Brady has seven. seven which is <laughs> That's what like makes it so obscene. absurd. Yeah, it's obscene. So I, I am not as a hating ass Jets fan trying to say like we need to forget about this guy. Most of that glad, is stick, right? I'm just glad like, you're not a hating ass Giants fan because then you'd have actual. Well, so that's the thing I always <laughs> go to when people say that Brady beat him twice because I'm like, well, Eli beat Brady twice, so yes, is that, so does that mean Here's Eli's there. better than Brady? No, it just no. means that like. Eli also didn't play defense against Brady. He played offense against the Patriots defense in two Super Bowls. Like is the gap between Mahomes and Brady smaller than the gap between Mahomes and the next person, I think is the more fair thing. And I think, yes, yes. So I I, I think that's the better way to look at it. I'll just say this just from watching some of the, the mic'd up stuff. Like I watched the inside the NFL coverage and just, just a little bit of the, the football people I trust and how they're talking about Mahomes. And that's where I go to the conversation about like, oh, I've only ever heard this talked about one other person and it's Tom Brady. And there was always, and this I think is where the conversations changed a bit. It was always Brady Belichick. Like I'm afraid of that quarterback with that Mm -hmm. coach. Andy Reid's getting none of that at the moment. Which is people a bit forget. disrespectful. <laughs> like, Maybe, but people also forget he yeah. was Kyle Shanahan before Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> and then he got the all-time great quarterback, which is why I'll be curious if Reid ever retires and if Mahomes then wins a Super Bowl with the next coach. It's like, oh... All right, maybe we do need to recal- re- recalculate this. Well, because you know? so. Brady did that too. Brady was like, "Yeah, I'll take Bruce Arians." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Todd Bowles won a won a Super Bowl with with Bruce. Was it Bruce Arians? Uh, no, no, no. It was Bruce Arians. But yeah, I, yeah. again, as a Jets, oh fan, yeah, yeah, who watched Todd Bowles like incompetently yeah. win five games a year with the Jets, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, you're like a defensive mastermind when paired with Tom Brady on the yeah. other side of the ball. You know, listen, I, I've got to back Tom Brady. It's who I am. It's in my blood. Like as a guy who in high school watched him come back against the Falcons like we were we were in my buddy's house and my friend's dad was sitting there and he went to get up during the second half and we made him sit back down we're like you can't move like you sit like stop like that was that was the most that was the most incredible game of football I've ever watched as a non-football fan like that that might have been the best sporting event I've ever witnessed in my life and so it's it's hard for me to put anybody even in the conversation 
Then as somebody who bet the Niners this year, <laughs> what the hell are you supposed to do with that? How do you not go for two? How do you kick that field goal knowing Mahomes is on the... Yeah. Ma- all due respect to Mahomes. He is incredible. That, I think, was the miscalculation Shanahan had because apparently his excuse like, well, we wanted it third. It's like, or just go for two. Like, Mahomes scores, then you get it second and go for two. Like, it's big brain. He overthought it is what he did. And the most important thinking decision that he had to make, he overthought it. Okay, that was Football Corner, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. I had to talk with a Boston fan who got very mad at me that I said (laughs) Mahomes was the best to ever do it on the night of the Super Bowl. And we will have this conversation again because he's going to win more. (laughs) Okay, that's just going to happen. And there will be two people with more rings in Montana and we could do LeBron MJ all over again, but with Brady (laughs) and Mahomes instead. Uh, Jack, as always, my man, thank you so much for joining me. As he mentioned, you can check him out over at Celtics blog or with Sam over at the How About Them Celtics podcast. Anybody watching this, if you dig the show, head over to iTunes, drop a five-star rating and a review. If Again, if you're watching this, please like the video, subscribe, tell your friends about the show. Um, I will be back on Monday with uh, a step down in competition when we will preview a matchup against the Detroit Pistons. But until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Enjoy the game tonight, and I will speak with you soon. Peace.